Welcome to Writer's Rough Drafts, a podcast from Craft Your Content that tells you exactly how to get your writing accepted at some of the top publications and websites out there, direct from the editors and content managers who approve your submissions. I'm your host, Alyssa Doucette. Let's go get you a dream byline today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Writer's Rough Drafts. I am joined today by the lovely Courtney Craven from Can I Play That? Thank you so much for joining us, Courtney. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's very good to be here. Now, can you tell us, for people who might not be familiar with Can I Play That? Tell us a bit about kind of what your site is about and what it covers and things like that. Yeah, uh, Can I Play That? We launched in 2018. We are a games media outlet specifically for disabled gamers and developers looking to make their uh, games and content more accessible to disabled people. So the the thing that makes us different from most um, games outlets is that we only work with disabled writers because we've for a long time we've kind of been shut out of the industry. And that's starting to change slowly, but um, we wanted a home where our voices were listened to. And so we made it happen. That's I, I learned something new every single episode. I had not realized that you guys focus particularly on disabled writers. That's great to hear. Um, so as uh, you go by the managing editor, owner, founder, founder, editor, and chief, whatever. <laughs> right. whatever someone wants to call you as a tag label on, I feel that feel that in my soul. <laughs> so what are three things you think that writers who want to pitch, can I play that should know about you kind of in your background, personal, professional, that sort of thing to understand how they should approach you? Um, well, first and most important thing to know about me personally is that I'm not the best developmental editor, so we have another person that that does that. Like I, I learned through basically trial and error that that is not my jam. I, I am not good at developing pieces. So I'm more of a copy editor type person, which makes sense because that's what I do professionally. I, mm. um, I copy edit captions for Epic Games. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have my MFA, so I'm, I'm good at writing, just not working on other people's writing. So. Fair. And you're good at working on other people's writing, oh. just not necessarily. I'm the exact opposite. So I, I agree and understand. I can developmentally content edit the bejesus out of something. Uh, you do not want me within a five foot range of like copy editing and proofreading. <laughs> That's when like Alyssa goes to Grammarly and we just all hope that it comes out vaguely. <laughs> so that's the first thing what what are a couple other things people should know um the the most important thing to remember about the site in general is that we do only work with disabled writers Mm -hmm. we get a lot of pitches from people that aren't disabled but hey i want to talk about this because my cousin or i know a person or i see this in the industry and i want to talk about it we're not a place for that there's there's a ton of other places that'll that'll accept that and publish it, but can I play that is specifically for disabled voices to have their spot, their their pedestal, and then make their voice heard in the industry. 
So with the disabled writers, what are you looking at? Physical disabilities, mental disabilities, learning, dis- and just anyone who identifies as disabled? Yeah. Um, our, our thing was always we didn't want to be the police of, of your identity and how you identify as disabled. So if, if you consider yourself disabled, go ahead and pitch to us. Fantastic. And what would be a third thing um, for you or can I play that people should know? I, I would I would say this goes without saying, but, you know, being an editor, you're constantly surprised. Um, <laughs> read our content, be familiar with our, our submission guidelines and, and you know, the, the tone of the things we publish. And um, yeah, read the content, read the submission guidelines, follow the rules, and we're pretty easy to work with. Uh, speaking of those submission guidelines and everything else, how does your submission process work? Do you get pitched? Do you have guidelines in a form? How do people get in with Can I Play That? We actually just uh, kind of revamped how we were doing We used to accept pitches and submissions because for the first two years of our existence, we were volunteer only. We didn't have enough funding to pay. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the writing was coming from the, the volunteer staff. So we recently were finally, thankfully, in a position that we can pay for a limited number of pieces. So we've, we've had to kind of narrow and accept pitches only so that we can really get and pay mm. the that we're excited about. So we, we have all of the, the submission requirements, I guess, detailed on our, on our submission guidelines page. And um, outside of that, we, we try to make it as accessible as possible. You know, um, we, we prefer people pitch or, or submit their pieces if we've accepted a pitch in Google Docs. But for example, I learned something from a blind writer we had. Google Docs is not really the most accessible thing. So he submitted his piece in Markdown, which I don't know how to work with that because I've never used it before. But it was cool to learn. Like, right. This, this most basic thing that everybody uses Google Docs, well, it's not actually the best. So that's super. We use Google Docs constantly. Yeah. So that's actually something very good to know. <laughs> I might update our submission form after we get off this call to make sure people know other accessible options are obviously open on Craft Your Content. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so with those pitches, how do you handle, I think a lot of writers are sometimes a little bit scared because they have a great idea, but maybe they've, you know, especially if they're, as you noted, disabled writers don't, we don't always get a chance to be getting out there. A lot of it is more word of mouth and connection writing rather than being able to accept it for pitches. Mm -hmm. What do you do with someone who has like a week professional quote-unquote pitch but you see a great idea there how do you are you able to work with them or with your limited acceptance do you kind of have to pass um no you know I'm always happy to work with people that don't necessarily consider themselves writers because that's something that's that's so common you know there's Mm -hmm. a lot of barriers to being what a lot of people think of as a, as a professional writer or as a journalist, you know, and, and disabled people haven't really been welcome in that space because of, you know, accessible working conditions or, or any number of reasons. But um, we, we try to 
build up that confidence that, you know, your, your story matters. And if mm. you need a little bit of help to tell it, that's fine. You know, that's, that's what we do. You know, we're, <laughs> we're, we're editors, we're educated in um, how to craft pieces that, that get eyes on them and will, will be successful. So, you know, if you have that idea, I'm always happy to, happy to work with, with people because it's, it's such an important thing that somebody, once you get that first bite, then it starts to feel like, yeah, okay, maybe I can do this. Right. You've been told a million times, oh, that's, nobody cares about that. Mm -hmm. That's that's not a a worthwhile story. It is, you know, you just have to find the right audience for it. Very, very much so. So with these new writers who are coming to you, maybe don't have as much experience with a professional kind of writing editorial process. What does that look like for new to you, right? New to, can I play that writers? Um, your kind of writing and editorial process. Um, we really, we try to personalize it with everybody. You know, we, um, a, a lot of the editors on the site and we, we have fewer editors than we used to a, a few months ago, but um, we have different areas of, of expertise. Mm-hmm. For example, I, I am not the editor for, uh, a super personal emotional piece because I suck at <laughs> touchy feely and <laughs> I always I always oh, understand across, yeah I I come across as as cold and uncaring mm-hmm. like in my brain okay well this is how I need to be edited so this is how I'm going to edit this person right so <laughs> so we, totally I am someone who says like the warm fuzzies inside your skin suit so like <laughs> <laughs> It's about as close as I get to like emotional touchy feeling a lot of the time on a personal level. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so we we have different editors that that are better at other things than than others are. So we kind of just dole it out like, hey, do you want to do this one? Or hey, this one needs a lot of developmental work. And nope, I'm not doing it. (laughs) Here you go. (laughs) So. but yeah, I mean, we, we try to make it as, as personal as possible because that was always an issue that I had when I tried to pitch. It just, it felt so impersonal and, and the editing process felt like it kind of stripped away my entire voice mm-hmm. from the piece. And that turned me off and I just, it, it made me realize that that wasn't, wasn't the kind of editor I wanted to be and it wasn't the kind of outlet I wanted to write because everybody's story is so unique and, and enlightening, you know, even if... Yeah. We can have 15 people that have SMA write about their experience in playing a video game. And every single one of those is going to be a vastly different experience Mm -hmm. because accessibility and disability is such a subjective thing, you know. With that that note that you have, I, I have a question mostly because I experience this a lot on sites that we edit for. We do get a lot of pitches. I don't know if you have a similar problem where they're coming in and they're basically saying something to the effect of, you know, well, this story is going to be unique because I'm telling it. Um, And I'm like, well, I get that, but I don't know you from the person I like rode next to on the subway this morning. So (laughs) like, I need to know more. How do you handle bad pitches and bad submissions? Like what are your pet peeves that people should at least try to steer away from? Um, I think the biggest one is, is when we get angry pitches, like, Mm. you know, I, I understand that if, if you're a disabled person and accessibility is an issue for a game or for a studio, you're, 
you're going to be angry. You have mm-hmm. every right to be angry, but can I play that is not the slight to bash people. Mm-hmm. And and I I kind of feel like people that that pitch pieces like that haven't read our content. Yeah. Because our, our content exists to build up and educate, not not shame. Mm-hmm. So I, and not shame on either side, it exactly. sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, if, if a lot of our content critiques um, games, mm-hmm. right? So if you're going to critique something and it's just bashing it, nobody's going to be receptive to that, right? You, you have to you have to butter it up and deliver it in um, a, a, a tactful, constructive manner. This in this game didn't work for me. This is why this controller doesn't work for me. Here's what I need. This is what would make it better. And if you do that, even if it's not a super strong pitch, we're willing mm-hmm. to work with it because we can make it into a stronger, more personal story that people will connect with. And it still informs people, you know? So just don't be angry when you <laughs> <laughs> Or if you're going to be angry, be like constructively angry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey there, just a reminder, if you want to get the information to pitch Courtney Craven at Can I Play That? Head on over to craftyourcontent.com slash episode 69. That's craftyourcontent.com slash episode 69 to download your free pitch sheet with all their details and submission information. I think people forget sometimes as writers, you know, we're not just necessary. I mean, there are places that publish just opinion and just stuff like that. Like you right. said, there's a place for those writers. There's a place for those pitches, but sounds like, can I play that is almost um, those personal experiences, but also like the writer should consider they're, they're selling what their problem is exactly. to the video game companies. Like you're hoping that Epic is going to read something and be like, Oh, we never thought of that. We should consider that more because they're seeing that it's actually constructively presented and sold to them as a problem. Exactly. And, and it's, it's similar with our audience of disabled gamers also, because if they read a piece and it's just super angry, they're, they're not likely to, to uh, connect with it. Right. Mm-hmm. But if they read a piece that kind of mirrors their, their experience and then goes on to provide some possible solutions they might feel more seen in that piece mm. and then themselves be inspired to write or, or start doing advocacy work or anything. But it's a lot less likely if the piece is just a rant, you know? Right. It's rants and like sensationalism are great for virality, but they're not necessarily right. great for action and right. thought. Uh, so on the opposite side of that, What's in, you know, in recent memory and all of your time, can you think of an example of just like a really great pitch that you've gotten that is kind of almost subconsciously a bar by which you set all other pitches that come in? Yeah, um, there, there have been a couple. The first one is kind of awkward because we didn't end up publishing it because it turned out the writer hadn't played the game they were talking about. Oh, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a brilliant piece, and I think they published it on their own um, their own platform, and it was an amazing essay. But just in in terms of our integrity as a site, right. go to we we have to require that you have actually played the game and you're speaking from your own experience. You know, I think 
I, I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, but but the piece was about um, this this game series Crusader Kings, mm-hmm. and it um, explored the history of ableism and eugenics in the series. Oh gosh, it was, it was fascinating. So I was, right? I was disappointed that we couldn't end up publishing it because it would have been an awesome an awesome piece to have. But yeah. So yeah, writers out there don't like, you know, <laughs> stop your own piece from getting published by right. not being forward with all the information. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but another one we have, we have a writer that's written for us a few times, Ruth Cassidy. And she, a few months ago, pitched to us uh, one of the, one of the hot topics in video games in general, and especially in the disabled gaming community is difficulty levels in games. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of toxicity around it. You know, people will say, okay, well, if you can't play it, it's just not for you. Well, that's, that's not the case, you know? Right. Or, or the, the artist's vision was for it to be impossibly hard. No, it wasn't. Nobody wants to, to make a thing that nobody can play. Right. Or that like, honestly, if you're an artist who's, not excluding because like you're not part of my audience, but excluding because like, oh, well, I perceive you as broken. So you don't deserve to like play this thing that I've created. Like, right. fuck you and the horse you rolled in on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. to put it kindly. <laughs> that is exactly how I would describe my audience on the argument. Yeah. But, but so, so Ruth had written this, or she pitched this piece. She wanted to talk about why um, uh, difficulty modes or easy modes matter for disabled gamers. Mm. And that piece was super popular. We ended up publishing it. And, and just a couple of days ago, she pitched a follow-up um, that she wants to examine difficulty modes from the developer side of things. Ooh. So yeah, it's it's awesome when we get get pieces that can kind of I can't think of the word. Um, Almost like serialize themselves. Yes, They've got yes, their own inherent. Yes. Um, with the pitch that Ruth wrote, was it the idea and the article that ended up being such a good thing? Or was there anything particular about what she wrote in that original pitch that made you be like, I'm going to snap this up immediately? Um, you know, the the thing I found, because I've, I've been doing work in accessibility in games for about eight years now. And, and I've found that in order for any advocacy or work in this area to succeed, you have to humanize it. You mm-hmm. have to sell it. So people need to see the person behind, okay, well, this is the person being excluded. This is why it matters. Mm-hmm. And she did such a good job in explaining all the benefits that uh, not just yourself, but a whole host of disabled players, all of the benefits that you might find from easy modes. And the, the, the stupid debate that if it's not for you, just don't use it, you know? Right. It's not affecting your life at all. Just leave it alone, you know? So it was, she, she had managed to, to phrase the argument in a way that, because it's just such an annoying, constant thing. I had not been able to articulate myself. So I thought that that was really kind of brilliant that she was able to take this huge loaded issue and and bake it down into something that anybody that read it feel like oh yeah that makes sense (laughs) 
That's I I think with us, some of the best pitches also are exactly what you're saying. Like I can see the big, huge 20,000 foot picture that they've done or topic that they're hitting, but I can also in their pitch, they've done a great job of condensing it down into like, this is the salient points and why this matters so that you do as an editor have that. Aha. It doesn't have to be like a super long involved bullet point outline pitch. Right. But it has to tell us as editors, like what it's doing, how it's going to affect people, um, what kind of delivery method you're going to do that through. Right. Exactly. Um, So what is something, this is always a a fun last question here on Writer Chef Drafts, but what is something that a writer could do to make your life easier as an editor that most writers don't? We've got two things. Am I allowed to have two? Okay. <laughs> I'll let it slide this time, Courtney. Okay. But <laughs> the, the first is a super easy thing, but it's impossibly hard for me to do, is include images, unless you can't. And mm-hmm. we have that on our submission outlines. If you can't include images for whatever reason, cool, just let us know. Right. If you include images, include the context in the alt text for the images. Nice. If I have to do the alt text, I'm guessing at why you included it, and I'm usually wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Super fair. (laughs) And the second one is to read up on the gray test, which is is kind of the the foundation of the work we want to publish. It's um, are you familiar with the gray test at all? I'm not. So you're calling it the gray like G R A Y test? Yep. Okay. Um, It is designed on the work of Kishana Gray. She's a, a professor and a, a games person working out of uh, University of Illinois, Chicago. And the Gray test um, stipulates that if you're going to cite a person, and I'm, I'm probably going to butcher it because it's a, it's a super smart academic person thing. It's intended for academic journals, but mm. we, we, we took it and kind of made it work for journalism. Nice. Um, it, it, it stipulates that if you cite a person or people in your article, they can't just be white men. It has to include black women, women, non-binary people, you know, just not the, the typical, okay, well, here are 15 white men that all have the same opinion and we're going to interview them, you know? I am so happy to know about this term and this test now. You have opened up my world. I I may need to go re-record the Craft Your Content episode and be like, well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If you you Google, or not Google, um, on Twitter, if you search for hashtag gray test, it it brings up basically the the gist of what it is. That's that's um, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people are resistant to it. Like, well, well, I don't know any people that fit that. Well, that's the point of it. You know, expand your bubble. Get exactly outside of your own identity, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's such a brilliant, because I think what happens so many times, exactly like you said, our bubbles, our echo chambers, mm-hmm. we get caught into like, these are the people I know. These are who I consider experts. And w- it's almost like a, they, they say like, well, I shouldn't discount, you know, Stephen, because you want me to go find other people. 
Well, no, I'm not saying you should. And if Stephen is the best source for this particular piece, I'm not going to tell you not to use him. But maybe you're going to go out and find Lauren, who's this brilliant Black games expert. And she knows more than Stephen and is a more qualified person. Exactly. So it's more about expanding what your experience is to use the best person, not just assuming your person is the best. Exactly. I love that. I love that so much. We're <laughs> I have so many things we're going to go institute on our own like submissions and policies now. Thank you so much for joining us, Courtney, and telling people how they can pitch. Can I play that? Where can folks, in case they aren't reading show notes or anything, though, P.S., remember, you totally should because we're going to have a pitch sheet for how you can pitch Courtney at Can I Play That? Where can folks find you online? Uh, online, I am on Twitter uh, at uh, Cyclopedia Brain. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's a, a nerdy nickname. <laughs> <laughs> I love nerdy. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have my personal site, clcraven.com. And again, and then Can I Play That is also on Twitter at Can I Play That and the Can I Play That site. Awesome. And if folks do click over to our show notes, we will have those links. If you're just listening in your car, pull over to the side of the road and write them down. Don't do it while you're driving. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much again, Courtney, for being on with us today. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. That's it for us here at Writer's Rough Drafts. Thank you to Courtney Craving for spilling all the juicy secrets for how to land a byline with Can I Play That? And don't forget, if you click over to the show notes for this episode at craftyourcontent.com slash episode 69, that's episode 69, you can download your free pitch sheet with all the details to pitch Courtney at Can I Play That? This show doesn't happen without the team at Craft Your Content who makes it happen. Our audio and podcast engineer, James Ede from Be Heard Productions, podcast editor, Julia Huss, and director of production, Erica Rasso. Most importantly, thank you for making the time to listen. Now, go forth and pitch. Pitch.